Good morning. My name is Chris, and I'm one of the pastors of Horizon Church, and we are so glad that you're in worship with us today, whether you're here in the room or you're joining us online. Uh, I'm going to attempt to try something a little bit different today. I've got the online uh, Facebook uh, pulled up on my phone up here, and I'm going to send it up here. I've got it swiped over so I can see comments. Uh, and so if you are joining us online, uh, about 10 minutes in, I'm going to try to take a quick glance. And if there are questions about today's sermon, I'll try my best to weave them in. So don't try to stump me too bad. Uh, but I, you are as important as the folks in the room. And so we are grateful that you are joining us online as well. And so please, seriously, I have it up here. It's pulled up. Uh, drop a comment in there today. Uh, we are kicking off a brand new message series called Pray For It, Work For It. There are so many things in our lives that... that aren't, we feel like life isn't worth it, right? There, uh, today we're going to be talk, going through the book of James, and, and the first thing that, that James talks about, if you're familiar at all with the book of James, if you've grown up in the church or if you've been a part of the church, James starts off immediately talking about trials, and trials are, are those hard parts of our everyday life that often feel like something that we don't want to work for, don't want to pray for. We want to say no thanks to those things in our lives, right? Uh, for me, there's a lots of, of things that I want to say no thanks to in my life. You offer me pizza with mushrooms on it, I'm going to say no thanks. Uh, freezing cold weather, like the kind of cold that's going to like eat your skin off, no thanks. There's a reason why I live in Florida. Uh, oh, Erica might ask me, oh, do you want to put all three kids to bed tonight? That'll be a clear no thanks. Or we also have six chickens, and one of our chickens, uh, one of our, our newer chickens, his name is, or her name is Kevin. Uh, if your chicken is named Kevin, it's going to be a problem, child. And Kevin, every night, instead of going into the chicken coop and going to, to sleep where they're supposed to sleep, gets on top of the chicken coop. And so you have to go and knock Kevin down with a stick and then put her back in the chicken coop where she goes every night. Uh, so do you want to put Kevin to bed tonight? And that's, a, that's even probably a bigger no thanks to the, the three kids, right? There are things in our lives, these hard parts, these things in our that are, are much diff more difficult than putting Kevin to bed that we want to say no thanks to. You want some more family drama? No thanks. You want marriage problems? No thanks. You want that text message that's going to disrupt your whole day? No thanks. Want that cancer diagnosis? No thanks. But yet we have these difficult problems that we have to face every single day. That's what walking through life looks like. And so right off the bat, when we read the book of James, James starts off with saying, yes, to praying for working through these trials. And I don't know about you, but part of me wants to just dismiss James. We want to write off James that James, like, Yet, I get, like, yeah, consider it pure joy to, to walk through a trial, but you don't understand, like, how difficult it is. You don't understand how hard it is right now in my life. And I think when we read some of the words of Jesus, when Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6 to do not worry, right? Do not worry, like, I take care of the birds, and you worry about all these things. And we're like, Jesus, 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 like, do you not understand the things that are on my to-do list? Like, once I get all those things done and I get all the bills paid and I can finally put my feet up and turn on the TV tonight, then I'll not worry. Like, you just don't get it, Jesus. Right? We want to write off 
these parts of scripture that are hard. But I think we'd be fools to write off James because this is the world that James lived in. James uh, historically is thought to be the brother of Jesus. And he was also the leader of the church in Jerusalem for about 30 years. And if you know anything about the church in Jerusalem, a lot of Paul's writings reference the Christians that are in Jerusalem. Uh, when Paul would write to these churches that were in the Roman Empire, he would write saying, hey, can you send some money? Can you donate some money to help the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem? Because the Jewish Christians in Jerusalem were not second-class citizens. They were actually third-class citizens in, in Jerusalem. There was the Romans, the Jews, and now the Jewish Christians. The Jewish Christians were now excluded from their Jewish friends because of their faith in Jesus. And so many of them were suffering persecution. They were hungry and they were going without. And so Paul wrote letters to raise money for the church in Jerusalem. And these were the very people that James was caring for. He was not only surrounded by people that were hurting, that were suffering, that were in a trial, they were in crisis. He was not only surrounded by them, but he led them in this. And so this is the context in which he writes these words that we know as the book of James. And so let's turn now to, to James chapter 1. We'll be here in verse 2. And so I want to do something a little bit different. Because this is a, 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 I'll be honest, this is absolutely one of my favorite pieces of scripture. It was a verse, these are verses that I first memorized uh, when I was about 19 years old, and I was going through a trial of myself, and I needed some confidence. And so these are words that I, I was, I'm so familiar with. And so, again, if you've, if you've grown up in the church or you've spent some time in Scripture, you probably are familiar with these words. And so uh, one thing I did this week in preparing was I, I kind of switched up the order of the sentences to, to give some new, um, give a new sense, a new flavor to this Scripture. And so... Uh, if, you're, if you're reading in your Bible, it may look a little bit different than what's on the screen. Uh, so this is, I switched up the order to, to help us get a little bit deeper into this. So whenever you face trials of many kinds. So right here off the bat, James is saying, whenever you face trials of many kinds, right? It's not if you face trials of many kinds, it's whenever. These trials are going to come. Everyday life is going to happen every day. There's going to be things that are a trial each and every day. And when you face trials, the word trial here is, is, is what James is, is trying to tell us is an opportunity. Trials, we, we, we think, are those reasons that we, we can get bitter, the reasons that we get angry, the reasons why we never, never want to get up again after we've been knocked down. Trials oftentimes are the reasons we become cynical in life. But James says trials are an opportunity. Trials are an opportunity here. Whenever you face trials or opportunities of many kinds, James says consider it. Consider it. Pure joy. Consider it pure joy. And here he's saying, let's reframe. 
Let's reframe, let's rethink how we look at our trials. Reframe it as pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Whenever you face trials of many kinds, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. And the word that, that Paul or James uses here for face is uh, often in other Greek literature is, is a word that is uh, when, we, when you face robbers. So these trials come at us as a surprise, something that we don't want in our lives, but yet we have to encounter this surprise. And he invites us here to reframe it, to rethink about how our trials are actually opportunities. And the testing of your faith produces something. It produces perseverance. And the word faith here, he's kind of telling us faith is is that authenticity to God. Authenticity to God. And what we think here is, as our perseverance, he's telling us, don't give up. In the midst of the trial, don't give up. Because the trial is an opportunity. We've got to let it finish its work. We've got to trust the process to finish it out. Our faith is like a muscle in a way, he's saying. Those moments where you don't think you can do one more curl or run one more mile or pedal just a little bit further. You don't think you can finish that job and your muscles start shaking and you're tired. And James encouraged us to persevere. Because our faith, when we push through, we work those faith muscles in our lives it produces something. It produces perseverance. And it produces the kind of faith that lasts, even under stress, even under those hard times. That's where our faith discovers its purpose, where it discovers like its character in our lives. Pastor Rick Warren says that God is more concerned with our character than with our comfort. God is more concerned with our character than our comfort. So let's persevere in those trials because it's there that God is building up our character and our purpose. But yet we so often, we want to shortchange that, right? We want to quit and we forget that, that God's epicenter of activity of our lives is in those moments of trial. That's where God is at work in our lives. And so we want a complete faith. We want a complete faith that's not lacking anything, right? But yet we pull out and we shortchange the trials because we want comfort rather than growth and completion. And in just a few moments, we'll sing a song a little bit later about God sharing communion with us as as if we are the new wine. And in the crushing and in the pressing of the grapes, God is making a new thing. And what we think is the end of the grapes, the grape that we know is no more, it's squeezed out, 
It's been trampled on. It's been hurt. It's been crushed. But yet God says, I am doing a new thing. A new thing that even though when you thought it was over, even though you thought this trial might destroy you, even though you thought this trial might crush you, God says, I'm actually going to make you new. I'm going to make you whole. I'm going to make you complete. Who doesn't want that kind of faith in their life? I'm often inspired by folks whose faith has been tried. It's been tried and they persevere. Because it's in seeing their endurance and seeing their perseverance that I'm inspired. That even when I feel like I am lacking, that God's going to do something new in my life. Because I can point to them and see where God has done something new in their lives. I think we, we often, we, we see those folks that seem like they have it all together and life is easy. When it doesn't tell the story of how God has persevered. And so... Today, I, I want to share a little bit of Chris's story. Uh, Chris is actually not here today. He's, he's camping with his girls. And so um, I'm excited to, to share his story uh, via video. You know, I've had some really, really low points in my life. I would say. Luckily for me, alcohol was a big factor in that before, um, but it was certainly a, a, the lowest point that I can remember where it was either something got to change or there was no reason to keep going. I had always been a drinker. Sometimes more, sometimes less, but it always was kind of a thing that kept me, what I felt, level-headed. Um, it's sadly what I still am. And two years ago in November, I finally decided that I just, I wasn't going to do it anymore. Uh, I tried cutting back on alcohol many times. And it was just with three kids decided they deserve better. And so, um, you know, that was uh, deciding to, to give up alcohol was a, a thing that I could have done on my own. Um, I could certainly say God has been fighting that for me in my life. When I look back at my own life and in the trials that I've been through, and how God has shaped me, there are, there are three things that, that come to mind that I think are also evident in Chris's story. And I, I learned these three things from being a little bit of a tree hugger of sorts. Uh, uh, it, so throughout uh, our, our home ownership, whether it's been in Nashville or here in Tampa, I've loved planting trees. And I want to tell you about how we, uh, we planted some, in Nashville, we planted some uh, yellow maple trees. And 
I was so excited to plant these. We planted three of them in our backyard. And in Nashville, there's a little bit more seasons. Like, we're excited right now that the, like, 90-degree heat's cooling off here, and, and we're calling it fall, right? Like, it, the highs are in, like, the 80s now. Uh, but in Nashville, there is a little bit more uh, of a fall season, and we had to rake leaves every October, November, and it was annoying spending, like, all day on a Saturday raking, like, 30 bags of leaves. But I was so excited to plant these three yellow maples, and I, I imagined that they would look something like this every fall, and it would just be gorgeous and beautiful. But instead... We picked up the, 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 the state parks of Tennessee had a program where you could get these trees, and I was so excited when we signed up for them. We even picked them up at a local place in the neighborhood, and this is what we got. Like, I don't even know if you can see that. Like, it literally is a twig. Like, we planted a twig in the yard, like, with, like, a little, like, taproot maybe on it at the end. And uh, we got three of these. We had three twigs in our yard, and that's what we had. And it was very different than what I imagined and what I expected. And then four years later, when we moved to Tampa and we sold our house, we still had a twig. We had a twig maybe with like two or three leaves on it that previous fall that then fell off. And I think they were sprouting again that spring when we sold our house. Uh, but it was nothing like I ever imagined. And it's so hard to say this, but our trials, when we have those opportunities in the midst of a trial to grow, growth takes time. It takes time. Just in the way that that tree barely grew, it took time in Chris's life for the change to happen, even in the midst of that trial of his addiction. It took time, and he's still taking steps each day to grow. It takes time in the midst of trials to grow. And then it's from there that I also learned from trees that I literally it have pulled out a, a lawn chair and sat there and watched that twig each and every day. And I don't think I could have told you or described to you anything about how it was growing. Nothing about how it's growing. And the growth that happens in these trials, they're hard to describe how they're growing because we can't see it oftentimes. We only see the growth that happens when we've got some perspective and we're able to look back over our life and say, oh yeah, that's where God grew me in that season. But in the midst of it, we, we literally can't see growth. We, there's just no way, even if we pull up the lawn chair to our life in the middle of it, it's so hard to see growth. And finally, the last thing I learned from my trees was that one day they, they will be that beautiful yellow and orange with a little bit of red each fall. And probably 60 years from now, those three trees will be shining brightly in that backyard every fall. And they're going to way outlast me or my ambitions of what they could have been as a little tiny tree. But the growth that happens, that kind of complete character, that purpose that we come to in our lives, it's going to way outlast the trial. The growth that happens is going to last for a long time. The growth that Chris has experienced in his life when he made that decision that day to take that first step towards recovery, to say, I can't do this anymore. I can't keep doing this to my family, to my three girls. The impact he's going to make that day is going to last much longer than his addiction because it's going to have a ripple effect in the life 
the lives of his girls, of his daughters that he's taking camping right now this weekend. The impact of that trial is going to last so much longer because God is doing something in that to make us more whole, more complete. It's going to last a long time. I think about my own life and the trials that I had, and probably the one that I learned, the one that I learned this verse with happened when I was a freshman in college, and I had gone off to school, and all I wanted to do at that point was, was be a doctor, and I realized quickly in that, that first year of college how much uh, I hated chemistry, and chemistry hated me, uh, and I sat in that large auditorium wondering what my purpose was going to be in life. And I was struggling, because so much of my identity and so much of who I was that, that first year in college was wrapped up in what I wanted to do, to be. And that winter, as a freshman in college, uh, I got invited to help with a, a middle school boys Bible study. And a middle school boys Bible study is not the most exciting thing to be a part of, to be honest with you. Uh, you get put in a small room with like six to eight middle schoolers that make corny jokes that... Uh, Bart, uh, and so it smells in there oftentimes, and you also are, are so vulnerable in that I was at a point in my life where I was like, I'm still learning my own faith right now. I, I'm in the middle of a trial. Like, there's nothing I can offer anyone else right now. How am I ever going to teach other kids, like younger kids about Jesus when I feel such immature my own, with my own faith right now? But God began to do a work in my life to, uh, to open up some things that were gifts that I never even wanted to imagine. And it was there from that experience that I, I worked as a camp counselor at a Christian camp. And God continued to work in my life through those trials of, of saying, you're so much more than what you ever imagined. I'm going to do something new. Even if it looks different, even if it feels like you've been crushed and you're hurt, I'm doing something new. And the growth that God started that day, I couldn't see. I couldn't see that growth that God started 18 years ago in my life. I couldn't see it. I couldn't feel it. And the growth that God started that day is well outlasting that trial of that, that, when, that first year of college. Because it was in that experience that God began to shape my heart to be a pastor today, to have passion, to want to reach people, to want to start a church. It's in that moment that God did something new in my own life. And I couldn't see it, and I couldn't experience it. But I thank God today for that moment, for that trial, because it was an opportunity to grow in my own life. So what about your own stories? What about your own trials? What about those own, your own opportunities? Have you been thankful for them? Because the growth that happens in our lives through the trials are worth working for. They're worth praying for. To say, yes, God, this is, this is a terrible, awful experience. Trials are awful, God, and they hurt. But I'm going to spend time in prayer right now. Because I know that you're going to use this as an opportunity. An opportunity to grow from it. So the band is going to come up here and we're going to sing a, new, a song called new wine and we're going to celebrate communion together
because it is the sign that we are thankful that in the crushing and the pressing, that God is doing something new. And that new thing is worth praying for, is worth working for in our lives.